Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. This is Dylan, and I'm sitting with our resident redhead. Am I the only one? You're the only one that like is self-proclaimed and advertises yourself as such. Yeah. So uh, if anyone's still curious who this is, this is Gina Swanson. So Hi. Welcome to uh, welcome to our little thing. Thank you for having me. You've already been featured here a couple times, though. You, uh, yeah, one time. What was that episode again? Uh, about business plans. Ethan and I talked about business. Yeah, that was really actually um, very helpful. Yeah. It was helpful for me because I actually listened to it. And while I was listening to it, I was like, that's a great idea. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that was my if idea. Finally, we did a third of the things that we <laughs> were so good at teaching people to do, huh? Right. <clears throat> that is the battle. It's all about the execution, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've uh, uh, we've been warming up here for a second, having a couple laughs. Yes. Um, for people that don't know, you and I have a very interesting history of very deep existential conversations. Yes, we do. That's um, right. So I'm a little nervous where this might go. I know. I'm a little. I was I was feeling good all week, and then today on the drive over here, I started to get a little nervous. So. Well, we have talked about a lot of things over the years. How many years has it been now? Eight. Yeah. And it's also been a kind of a, I don't know, we've, it's been a, I was going to say bumpy ride, but it's not been a bumpy ride. We, we had a bumpy start. I would definitely s- describe our start as a bit bumpy. Just yes. you and me. I mean, yes. you, you were good with the rest of the company. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have a lot of great stories about you. Just uh, a lot of things that you helped me succeed in, in real estate. So even though it was bumpy, it was mostly because. I was processing and uncomfortable with learning to be a real estate agent. Well, it's like, um, you know the phrase, iron sharpens iron? Correct. I yep. feel like that's what a lot of it's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. been a fun journey. Um, so I was processing this. I, I'm going to just go about this totally differently this morning. Is okay. that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, no, just because um, I don't want to get in a rhythm of doing the same conversation. Okay. But I'm, I'm being told that I, sh- I shouldn't break rank because these conversations are actually good and learning about people's backgrounds and stuff is helpful. So you can be just a guinea pig with yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, I like to be prepared for stuff. Oh, so geez. I've, so been, I've been listening to all of them <laughs> to know what the flow is so that I'm ready. But well, let's break you the can flow. go for it. So I'm just going to jump in with you. What's um, uh, just how's business right now? Business is good. Um, I hired a full-time assistant in October. Yeah. Um, and we've been spending a lot of time building systems. And um, it's, you know, business has been a little bit slower for me the last few months. And that's given me a lot of time to kind of reflect on what it is I want to accomplish and what I need to get better at. And um, it's been wonderful to have that time to really build a good system and a relationship with um, Nikki, my assistant. I saw Taylor's back from uh, making a human. Yeah, yeah, she's doing amazing, and um, it's yeah, it's been quiet, which is good. It's given her some time to really dig into uh, motherhood. So, it's and, been nice. and Nikki's just a couple months in now, and so that's what you're talking about: building out this new yeah. team infrastructure, and yep. So that's what's keeping you busy right now. Yeah, and a lot of self reflection, a lot of what do I want to do? What is the next, you know, three to five years look like for me? So that's where you live, though. You live in this deep, <laughs> like, reflective state of trying to figure out where you're at and where you're headed. Yes, 
Always. I, I enjoy because I think that's where my head is most of the time. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> So uh, Nikki's role real quick is what again? Um, so she's a full-time assistant and, um, you know, her title would be director of operations and the client experience. So her main goals are to assist me in creating the best client experience that we can for um, our buyers and sellers. And um, she's been a really integral role in helping me really take a look at my business. All you know, without having an assistant, you spend a lot of your time just trying to keep up, keep up, and feeling like you're drowning. Um, and so having her has really given me the opportunity to really dig deep and. Um, you know, we say we want to have an amazing client experience, but what exactly are we doing to live that out? So yeah, getting practical on that is a lot mm-hmm. of work and it's a forever job too. And it's yeah. shifting and For no, sure. that's fun. <clears throat> I'm excited to see how that, uh, evolves. I, I suppose we can tell people I got to sit down with Nikki a few days ago, I guess a month ago, Yeah, just to psychoanalyze what it means to work with Gina Swanson. <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, we did have our, um, quarterly meeting yesterday and we talked a lot about, um, how I am in my head quite a bit yeah. and that very few people are able to crack that code and I'm trying to get better at being able to communicate um, effectively and as to what is going on in my head. So yeah, I suppose the first problem is, is figuring that out for yourself. Admitting it. Well, that too. <laughs> what was your, uh, you guys did your vision boards recently, yeah. um, which I, is that your thing? You, you're the one that instigates that. Um, in yeah, Earth? I think a few years ago, uh, maybe Nicole and Megan were talking about doing one. They kind of started it up. And like I said, in the business uh, podcast, I was a little negative about it and um, kind of begrud- begrudgingly. Um, just just cheesy. Cheesy, uh, too broad thinking, um, crafty. Just, you've, you've moved on from that perspective? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, begrud- I I agreed to it the next year and ended up finding out that most of the things I had set out for myself had, had come to fruition. Um, and so now we actually just did it uh, with my husband and the boys on New Year's Eve. And that was super fun to share that experience with them as well. Wow. they Your boys did that willingly or also begrudgingly? Um, begrudgingly, yeah. They, they, they tend to want to make mom happy and they kind of agree to a lot of some of the things <laughs> I want to do just because it's easier to agree than to... Um, not want to do it. So what's in the mind of a 15 year old boy when it comes to a vision board? I'm scared to know. Yeah. Well, a lot of what's on their vision board has to do with, um, athletics and, um, weightlifting and, Mm. um, you know, they're going into their varsity year of football and lacrosse, um, coming up next year. And so they have goals and dreams that they want to accomplish. And, um, so they put that some motivational stuff, um, Yeah, some adventure stuff like getting out and doing, being out in nature and doing some fun vacations. So, I I have a picture of Brian's. Oh, you do? No, I mean he didn't send it to me, but I could imagine what it says. It's just (laughs) a, it's just a giant piece of paper that says "Happy Wife." (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if that made it on there, Dylan. I'll have to, I'll have to ask him. I know Brian. It, it, if it's not (laughs) written on that piece of paper, we're thinking it. It's there in his head. Yeah. Um, so what else are you guys working on right now? I guess I'm just kind of thinking about coming into this year. So I'm, I'm sitting on the business side for a second. So you've been, sounds like contemplative about mm-hmm. where your business is at and where you're headed, building out your team a little bit, mm-hmm. working on planning vision boards. Did you care to share anything that was on your vision board? 
Um, a lot of my vision board was about uh, like the vacations I want to go on, the amount of um, sales I want to make this year, uh, putting um, that I want to love, you know, my real estate team and that I want to continue to grow them. And that's super important to me to, to have a place where women feel like they can grow and learn and um, meet the goals that they have for themselves. So that's a big deal for me this year. Let's get you a little closer to that mic there. <coughs> you can move it. That's the beauty of the arm. Yeah, there's something very interesting about having this thing shoved in your face <laughs> like this for an hour. I've never been told to speak louder <laughs> in my entire life, but today is the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least more directly into the mic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, you touched on a couple things there. I actually want to get that... Um, that woman thing, it's interesting because mm -hmm. we, we joke about Urbandale being a, a office full of powerful, powerful women. Yes. It's an interesting subculture we've built there. Yep. But I know that that's actually particularly, I don't know, of interest to you, right? Like Correct. That, that's a passion for you. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And we've talked about doing some stuff with that. We've never actually done very much, have we? Yeah. I've got some good plans for this year. I um, have shared with you that I've been digging deep in the Gap Gain book. Yeah. I'm sure I'm saying it incorrectly. But the Gap and the Gain. I keep recommending it because I, I gave it to you guys and hadn't read it. <laughs> I just knew the authors very well. So you're like, I trust that it's going to be good. I did trust. And now I have read it and I, um, I can confirm that it is absolutely worth reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm I'm visualizing maybe getting a group of female real estate agents together to do like a book study, a coaching kind yeah. of book study accountability, um, because I'm that passionate about sharing that information with other people. This is going to sound like a really stupid guy question. Yeah. Other than the fact that you are a woman. Yeah. <clears throat> why woman? Um, you know, I grew up with three sisters and. Um, just my entire life was, I'm very close to my dad and my entire life, I was just, it was really just ingrained in me to really, um, bring women together, to uplift them, to accomplish things. I know that for me personally, um, I've had, there's a lot of roles that you play as a woman, um, mother and friend and as a businesswoman it can be very difficult to manage all of that so for mm. me I feel like I just have a passion for that more than other things um I don't know <clears throat> well that's been a big part of our conversation over the years mm -hmm. I mean I feel like um I guess let's just jump in I early on your existential crisis, and at least in part, because you have many of them, <laughs> uh, was around being present for your kids when they were younger. Yeah. Because, I mean, this has been eight years, you said. Your kids are now six. Almost 16. And so yeah. they were like single digits yep. when this all started. Yep. And you were always very concerned about balancing your time because... I don't know, maybe you maybe you felt like you jumped into this career earlier than you in, in, intended to. Correct. And so you were actually planning to be more present at home for a few more years, but then all of a sudden your real estate career happened. Yes. And so you, you used to struggle with this. Yes. When I first started at Century 21, you had, we had a contract or some agreement that basically <laughs> We still have said, this. <laughs> I don't know if this is in it or not anymore, but you, the company can basically considered yourself as a full-time engaged real estate agent if you sold 12 homes a year. 
So I'm very achievement orientated. And when that happened, I, I thought, or when I read that, I was like, well, gosh, I don't want, I don't want them to fire me. I mean, I'm a 1099 contractor. And I was like, really worried that you were going to fire me if I didn't sell 12 homes. So um, when I first started out, that was just my goal. And then all of a sudden, it just snowballed. Mm -hmm. And I did not anticipate that I would have the success that I had as soon as I had it. Um, I assumed that I would be a 12, selling 12 homes a year until my children went to college. Yeah. And then I would like be like, all right, now this is my time to just set the world on fire. It's like the momentum happened to you. <clears throat> I mean, yes. you were certainly a part of making it happen, yes. but you weren't expecting it. And so all of a sudden you're, you're very busy. Yes. Hadn't planned for that. And you're Correct. a planner. Yes. So you had already had this perfect uh, scenario mapped yep. out in your brain. And mm -hmm. by the way, has it ever worked out the way <laughs> you imagine it? Um, I would say. No, never. There's, yeah, maybe a couple of things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is the phrase? The best laid plans of mice and men. Um, yeah. Okay. So this just happened to you. Yes. And now you're feeling, well, is it guilt the right word? Um, probably guilt, being overwhelmed. I would say that I vastly underestimated the impact it would have on my husband and my kids. Um, I think that, you know, when I decided to go back to work, I just sort of assumed that I had played a, a supporting role for many years as a stay-at-home mom, which I loved. I loved being a stay-at-home mom and taking care of my family. Um, and so <laughs> when I got into real estate and I got busy, I just assumed like, hey, this is where we're going. And um, I think there was a lot of, it, there was a, a few years that were a huge adjustment to my family and my husband. So how did you navigate that? Well, we're still navigating that, right? <clears throat> um, I think for us, you know, I married the right person. So um, that's worked out really well for me, <laughs> finding a person that, would be supportive in that role. And, you know, he gets me. And so he is very patient and we've had to have lots of conversations, lots, I mean, therapy and working through, um, what we saw, what, what we wanted to see our future look like. And did he have a career shift in the middle of this as well? No, he was always a lender. Yeah. He's been a lender, um, for 25 years. Should we so. name him seeing it? We're giving him accolades <laughs> here. So this is Brian Swanson. Yeah, I, I, he should probably be here, right? <clears throat> well, that's a whole different topic right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, we'll have him come on another day. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the husband support group. That's right, that's right, and he <clears throat> needs it. Yeah. Okay, so so he's a lender just for context, but you're yep. saying you guys uh, uh, just had to, he was just supportive through this transition. Very much so, and, you know, we had to figure out how we were going to change some roles, you know, like he um, was willing to help, but because I'm in my head, um, you know, I had to give him specific things to help with. And I had to let go of the control of trying to manage being at home and doing all that as well as building a business. So um, once we kind of had the communication of the things that he could take over, things got a lot easier for us. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's certainly not my life, <clears throat> but I feel like I've been involved mm -hmm. on the sidelines just in... Uh, watching you progress through the journey of trying to figure out this new balance and everything. So, I mean, with the kids being older now, you selling as much real estate as you're selling, Brian being where he's at in his career, 
you guys if it does feel like you're in sort of a, a new groove now because the kids your kids have cars yet or yeah they're driving themselves they have a school permit um and the kids my kids have been very supportive of my career and have actually been very helpful in it um there's been lots of things that they've been willing to do and step up to whether it's supporting me at home or supporting me in my business um so they make things very easy for me. Um, but now we're starting to focus, you know, on the next two years before they leave. And that's creating a little bit of, um, a shift in me of trying to make sure that I'm maximizing the most amount of time that I have with them before they leave. Which is almost circling back to where you started. Yes, for sure. Talk about that. Talk about where I started. No, talk about, I mean, I think I'm going through a similar chapter, right? My kids are the same age. And so I think being present early on was super important. You, you had a struggle with that because your career just jumpstarted quicker than you imagined. Right. You had to wrestle through that balance. And Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about how to be present and whether it's about the volume of time that you're present or about the quality of time that you're present for your kids and dates and all that fun stuff. But then then they get a little older, they need you a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But now you're in this chapter where it's like, okay, I've only got a couple more years with these yahoos before they move on. And there's another chapter of motivation maybe For to sure. ensure that you're present. Yeah, and there's so many things that I want to make sure we're teaching them before they go. And that's there's a little bit of pressure in that. Um, I do try to make sure that I'm home when they are home. So they have a break you know, between school and athletics. And I try to do that. And, you know, we're planning more trips to get away and to get into nature. And those those moments are super precious to me to be able to have that time because that's when you have the ability to really have those conversations and connect with them on a different level. <clears throat> yeah, that's something we've always shared is mm-hmm. uh, our families have shared a, a love for the outdoors as a space where we're, I think we're just closest I yeah. think we're closest as a family when we're out exploring and doing something new and usually outside. Yep. Um, I do remember one time, was it Winter Park? Yeah. Uh, maybe someone, people know about this place. There's a pizza joint in Winter Park. Yes, with, uh, Hernando's. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And there's $1 bills like covering the entire walls of this place. And uh, I was there with my family in the middle of the summer. Yeah. And... I think it was Brian that I first saw. Yeah. So anyway, we, we, we bump into each other from time to time. At random places without even knowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a huge part of our family's source of joy. <clears throat> and actually, it's been a, sort of a source of our lack of joy for the last year, just with so much of that being disrupted. Yeah. And just that they're busier now. So trying to carve up, out that time is more difficult as they've gotten older. So I knew this would happen because I'm not following a script. So we're bouncing all over. So let me go back to the business side of things then. Um, uh, I guess I'm just thinking about this year, where you're at. So uh, vision boards, planning, um, a part of that's about family and travel for you is really where we went there. What else is on your mind coming into this year? Like where's, where's your head at looking at 2022? My head at 2022 is... I, I wasn't expecting that we'd have, we're starting to experience what we experienced last year. A with, repeat of the yes. same, even worse. Yes. Yeah. I actually was bracing myself for it to be less busy and more quiet mm. and more challenging. And yes, there are definitely many challenges that will come this way with, you know, the lack of inventory and 
Um, Different categories of yes, challenges. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I mean, the thing that we're looking forward to most, I think, is just really getting our flow together as a team. Mm. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the ideal experience last year and really executing that and having Nikki has helped me do that. Um, because I am a big ideas person. And so having someone who can really take my ideas and execute them and then also, you know, push me a little bit on, Hey, like, this is what you said, like, or what are we doing with this? Like, I, I need to get this completed. What do you need me to do? So she's helping me execute on things that have always been up in my head, but I've just not had the time to execute on. She's a little more pragmatic than you. Yeah, she's actually, uh, she's a quick start. She's very high quick start. Yeah. Um, and I'm very high fact finder. And so it's a good mix. In well, the, it's a challenging mix yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good mix in the sense that she's just got so much enthusiasm and joy and wanting to move forward. And I'm just stuck thinking about all the different pieces that need to happen. Well, you want to control quality. You, you want to keep things stable, yes, right? And you yeah. need a lot of information before you can act because you never want to disrupt the stability. Correct. Especially because you've worked hard to build the stability that you've got. And then, yeah, she's a, uh, she's, uh, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know all about relationships like that. Mm -hmm. I have a few of those in my yeah. life as well. So can you get can you get any more practical on that? Um, we've talked about the ideal experience for years now. We've talked about shifting into the experience economy, which is very heady mm -hmm. and and this journey of taking these ideas about our customers and making them pragmatic uh i don't know executable steps inside of the sales process that's yep. that's the work to be done like that's the ongoing challenge so is there practical examples of what you guys are working on yeah that are worth sharing yeah i mean really basic stuff that we've been talking about for years so creating a better buyer experience from the moment that they call us um and that involves, you know, thankfully technology has helped with having Zoom meetings and we can connect quicker with our clients that way. Um, You're doing buyer Zoom meetings up front quite yep, a bit? Yep, Almost, I would say, 95% of the time. So that's actually a, pr a preference at this point. Meaning, if you go, do you try close for a Zoom meeting or do you try to get them in the office? Zoom meeting. Really? Yep. It's and actually a lower bar for them. That speaks to trying to become more efficient with my time. Awesome. I can do a Zoom meeting um, at five o'clock and take my kids to their practice at six o'clock. Like, um, so the efficiency of that versus meeting them and then you know driving back and forth has been has been a game changer <clears throat> for me. Um, That's a good example of technology, not as a a, a depersonalization. It's, yeah, it's leveraging it to be more intimate. For sure. Because they get to know me. I think I've been told that one of my best one one of my best characteristics is that I'm very genuine and empathetic. And sometimes you can't see that very well if you're on yeah. the phone or even meeting in person because you kind of get that awkwardness of, you know, and Zoom for me has allowed people to really get to know me and for me to read their body language and how they're speaking, how the, maybe the couple is speaking to each other. Um, and I get to know so much more about them that way than I have before. And then that helps build connections, not only from a referral standpoint, but to really know exactly what they're looking for in their future home. Well, if I'm a buyer, <clears throat> the idea of having to show up at your office, that's a big ask. Yeah. Um, and people are busy. 100%. I mean, they are too. But this, this seems reasonable to me. 
let's just connect on Zoom, yeah. uh, especially with we've retrained the world the last couple of years. So I, I love that. That's really good. You're seeing good fruit from that then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Last year. And then this year, we're elevating it one step further because we're still doing Zoom. Um, but now I'm doing Loom videos. Yeah. Um, you want to explain what a Loom video is to anyone? Yeah. So a Loom video is uh, a video where you can, you know, basically record uh, your screen and talk about different things. And it's more instructional. Instructional. Yeah. So I'm using that um, after my buyer meeting. I have a email that I've always sent out. And now attached to that are two videos. Um, one is me going over the buyer expenses. Um, so what expenses they will typically incur during the buying experience. And the second one is me going through um, the step-by-step -step guide of the buying um, process. And um, I'm also doing that on the sales side for like the estimate of proceeds as well as going through documents via, via <coughs> Loom. And um, what I'm trying to do in creating that is we are all busy and I have created those documents and we just have situations where they're like, oh, I didn't know about this expense or, um, oh, I really wish I would have understood that better. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very visual learner. And I understand that people learn in lots of different ways. And so for me, it's like, okay, you, you have the documents. So if you're a document reader and you need to print that out, you have that. But now you also have me talking. Yeah. And it also, again, I think helps them feel more comfortable with me as their agent. Well, it's you. It's you guiding them. If, if the goal is a remarkable experience because we're trying to win them as an advocate on the back end of right. the sale, the more, I mean, we don't want to like, we, we already over promote ourselves maybe right but this is not promotion of yourself it's not you on their on their yard sign this is you guiding them yes it's you being a coach it's also um it also a, an efficiency strategy for me right yeah. so um if i do one loom video over all the buyer documents i don't have to continuously 100%. explain that right um and i try to keep it under five minutes i'm a talker so it makes i i want it to be engaging but not um long and overwhelming. So that's been kind of fun. Um, we've also done like uh, buyer packages of like, so when we meet, they get a bag of like, like the booties and masks and water and snacks, especially for people who are coming into town and we're doing a large tour for lots of ideas I've had sitting up in my head, mm -hmm. but I've just never had the time to execute it without having a team. Yes. <clears throat> and then I think about the system, uh, systematization of that. I mean, if you've got all these videos, now you've got to have an infrastructure for delivery. Correct. Um, and then I even think about the fun feedback loop on that at the back, at the back of the year, finding out from your clients what they did or didn't consume, what they appreciated. Yep. And it's, it's man, it's so much work. It just It's an always thing, right? To Correct. constantly be improving the process. But... Um, you know, that's the phrase we use. That's the work to be done. So right. the amount of work that is, is not the obstacle. The amount of work that is, is what makes it such a great opportunity because anyone who does what you're doing there, yeah, it's a pain, Yeah. but that creates an exceptional experience that other people won't take the time to build. Correct. And so, yeah, somewhere in that, I always think of the mound of, of like the hill to climb. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go back to hiking. <laughs> that's what makes getting to these remote locations so worth it because right. most people won't go there. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you're willing to hike up that hill and get to this location, you know you're somewhere that most people have never seen. And that's where yeah. the most beautiful stuff is, and it's yep. where the best opportunity is. Yeah, and that's something with our children that, um, and that's part of who I am as a person that even when we're hiking, I'm like, I have to get away from people and like teaching our children (laughs) (laughs) nature. (coughs) We're in the people business, but (laughs) (laughs) well, yes, on vacation, I'm not necessarily, I'm in my, I want to connect with my family and be in nature. And so most of the things that we do is away from is, is the more difficult things, the more difficult hikes. Well, I mean, and we're mixing all sorts of metaphors here, yeah. but man, your guys' jobs, it's so relationally intensive. Yeah. Like the amount of energy that gets expended uh, engaging with human beings, whether you're like teaching a class or guiding a buyer through a process, I just don't think people who aren't in sales understand or appreciate how much energy gets expended. Yeah, if you're doing it right. Right, because you're, you're constantly reading them. You're constantly. It's like this. It's this dance that never mm-hmm. ends. Yep, and uh, that's that's also part of the struggle and me vastly underestimating the impact on my family, mm. because <coughs> while I was loving what I was doing um, and connecting with people, and everything was so important to me to to really build those connections. Um, you're coming it was home as a draining. zombie. <laughs> yeah, it was very draining to me. Um, and, you know, I feel I feel things. I'm, I'm a heavy feeler. So when something doesn't work out for my people, even to this day, um, it's it's difficult for me. And I, I've gotten better at, like, releasing it, <clears throat> giving myself, like, five minutes and then being like, all right, yeah. you know. But you take it home. For sure. And even if you don't take that, that instance home, you're, you're drained at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And then having to be front stage for your family as well yep. is challenging. Yeah. And I'm teaching them. Um, my kids and I have a very comfortable relationship where they'll, they can call, they'll call me out on, you know, man, you seem like you're a little uh, uptight. And, you know, I'll they've learned how to say that delicately. <laughs> in a nice way. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. And, you know, I've learned to communicate and hopefully it'll help them in the future of just saying, you know, this is what happened to me and I'm still feeling it. And I just need a mm. few minutes um, and then it'll be gone. And let's, you know, rock and roll, play a fun song and, and go be silly and it'll be fine. But I'm hoping that I'm teaching them some things in that process. Well, back to those examples, those were really, really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty practical stuff. What it made me think of is even even your email, I think, and a lot of you have this, but not enough of you have this, just a little intro video of who you are. I'm thinking about this. Um, well, everything that you're talking about is is systematized and predictable so that you can humanize the experience. 100%. Which we borrow from the E-Myth Revisited, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, non-negotiable, must-read for every entrepreneur. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're in the people business and yeah, I just keep thinking about, I I call it the second sale. Do you know about the second sale? Tell me about it. Um, I don't talk about this enough. The first sale is obviously we're trying to get someone to choose to work with us. And if we do a good job, I guess they'll do it again eight years later. But, but the second sale is winning them, not for the sale, but winning them as an advocate. Yep. And it's a much more challenging sale. Mm-hmm. And it's two different games. To win them as an advocate is all about how they felt and their experience and mm-hmm. these remarkable touch points. And it's about coaching them. Like coaching them to work with you is different than coaching them to be an advocate for you. Because you've got to teach people how to refer. And you've yep. got to teach them that you need them to refer. 
And then they'll do it wrong and you got to guide them and then you got to reward them when they do. And yeah. so I think of that as the second sale. But, you know, when I think about those videos where you say, you know, it's a prospect or a lead and you just email them saying, hey, I'd love to meet with you. That video at the bottom, I believe every agent should have that intro video. And then yeah. when I think about the looms, it's just another version of that. It's, it's um, beginning to end the entire sales process is this beautiful opportunity to engage with human beings and make them feel safe and secure as a, well, ultimately to serve them, but also to win that second sale. And so, yeah, I just think about how much work there is to do for us to execute that. And I, I think I just applaud you guys for working on practical steps on that because it's easy to talk about it conceptually. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I think the thing that maybe people don't know um, that only a select people in my life can see is that it's not easy and it's very painful like to do some of the things to execute on from a video standpoint or why is it painful um because it's just not who I am it's not I I have to push myself to do the things <laughs> that I do um I don't um and Nikki even brought this up um at our meeting which I I absolutely loved is that she said you know you're super your branding and the way that you um, execute on things is great, but I don't think clients understand you as a brand. Who Human, you, you have are. to humanize. Yes. Yeah. Because she's like, in the time that I've met you, and she listed off all these things, and I said, I just, I'm not sure I'm comfortable. I have to find a way <laughs> to, to break that and feel comfortable letting that out. Is that about vulnerability? Um, I think it's less about vulnerability and more about um, not wanting to brag or um, have try to think highly of myself. Um, yeah, so I think every time you put your face on everything, it feels like self promotion. A little bit, yeah. And I think just, you know, um, the normal things that people feel about themselves, like, do I look okay? How was my voice? Like, when I do videos, initially when I did videos, it would be like 20 minutes of doing the same one and, oh, I should have said this and I could have done that. And, um, and show me so, a person that likes themselves <laughs> on video and I'll show you a narcissist, right? So, like, yeah. So definitely <clears throat> I do not pass the narcissist test, right? Because it's so painful for me to be a part of it, I mean, but I need to do it. I mean, we have our new challenge going on, um, within century 21. And one of the things for my business was do a video this week and I did it and I got great feedback, but it was, and painful. It was painful. And the only reason why I did it is because I wrote it down and I want to get my point. And so I got to get it done. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely one of those people that respond well to winning points. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's only one point, I think, for doing all of them. But I'm going to get those points. It's in. one point to win a prize that you could pay for with the change lying in your car. <clears throat> <clears throat> but somehow, it's more, no, it's more about, I said I was going to do it and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's, that goes to my childhood of how I was raised. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're all wound slightly differently, but we're all also humans mm -hmm. and gamification and points. And I mean, all the stuff, again, we all respond slightly differently, but <clears throat> yeah, I think you just got to half of life or winning feels like figuring out how to hack your own system. You got to mm -hmm. hack the world system because there are hacks. Like yeah. the secrets to success just aren't secrets. Right. It's about people that are willing to do them and not willing to do them. But then there's another game, which is figuring out your own infrastructure, like your own insecurities and psychological breakdowns and then learning how to hack your own system mm -hmm. for success. Yeah, you've helped me a lot with that. 
How's that? <laughs> no, I'm not looking for, I, I mean, <laughs> I am curious. <clears throat> well, I think you've pushed me a lot um, in just the way that I think through things and um, even just like the books that you guys have recommended as an organization um, really forced me to look into some things that I maybe might not have saw about myself. And I've always been really open to it. So I think just, you know, having, being a part of an organization and being at Century 21 I would not be, I'm motivated, but not self-motivated to, to pick up a lot of the material that you have provided. Mm. And then in our workings together, when I have struggled with something, um, you, some people may not work well with this, but you've always really pushed me knowing, I think, how far you thought I could go. I think in a coaching way, right? You well, know? I've crossed that line many times <laughs> with you. <laughs> But I think that you, I know, not think, I know that you, you've pushed me knowing that I, I had further to go and that I was scared of, of going there. Well, it, it takes me back to your client experience with your buyers and sellers. It's amazing how honest you can be with people when they know that you care. Mm-hmm. So I feel like two thirds of my failure as a leader comes down to, I, I well, I'm not a huge I'm an introvert right so I don't want to go out drinking with everyone and socialize a lot so Mm -hmm. that I I lose some of the opportunity to build relational proximity because of that yeah but if you can build relational proximity and people know who you are and know that you actually do care then you can be more honest with people Mm -hmm. right and uh yeah I think well well I want to be able to be direct with people but sometimes they don't know that That it's coming from a place of caring right not everybody can handle being direct that's worked with me Um, but I also think that I, from the beginning of being in this organization, I trusted that you and Joe were the like smartest people in the room. What, uh, other than smashing good looks and stuff, (laughs) how, how do you know that about people? Like what I'm asking the question less for us, because this is the work to be done for everyone in the room. Like it's to get our clients to believe that we care and I think the first step is somehow you actually have to care. Right. But I guess I'm just curious how you step into an organization like this and can know that or sense that. Well, I just knew that you were smart. And to me, when someone's very smart about a topic, when they're the expert at a topic, um, I, I'll buy into that until you say something and then I'm like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so that hasn't happened yet. I think we've had many of those moments. I think we've butted heads about all kinds of things, but <clears throat> I still never doubted. Uh, I still never doubted your ability to be, to, to know what you were talking about. I just read a book that I think is, is really, really good that everyone should read. Uh, first of all, five dysfunctions of team is one that we, we guided all of our, our leadership team through a year or two ago. Um, but there's a follow-on book called The Ideal Team Player, and it's all about um, how to hire. Um, and maybe this is less relevant for all agents, but it's certainly relevant for our team right now. And it's three things that you're looking for, um, humble, hungry, and smart but the smart thing is less to do with like intelligence. It's got to do with uh, EQ, which mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot. It's the ability to be smart with human beings. I only bring this up to say like, you say smart, but I feel like I look at smart as, I know smart people who I wouldn't trust. Yeah. 
And so I feel like underneath the smart has to be something that's deeper. And it's about like, do I believe this person actually cares about me? It's um, not Zig Ziglar, Lou Holtz. This is one of the best things I've ever heard anybody say. I hope I don't screw this up now. But every person that's that you're sitting across from in a sales or whatever environment, right? They're asking three things. Can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? And do you care about me? Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, well, it's just, it's brilliant. And honestly, I've heard a lot of speakers over the years. He may have been like the best I've heard. And he's an old school dude. Yeah. But I really do believe there's something valuable there. Um, I think my capacity to shoot straight with you has to do with the fact that I think you believe those three things about us. Yeah. I think that's what you as an agent are working on with each one of your clients as you put your face on things, as you run through the loom, as you take the time to meet with them up front. Um, that's the question they're asking about you, right? Yeah. Well, and I think, I don't know if you remember this, but when I first started out, I would come to you and I remember it was in the old, um, office on Hickman and, um, I would be like, here's this like crazy scenario and I don't know how to handle it. And you would be like, this is what you need to do. And I'd be like, no, wait, like I need you to stop and you need to like, (laughs) you used to make me write some of your email responses to people. (laughs) Can you please write this down? And what was great about that is that, um, uh, because I process information differently, you were one of the first people that just let me be that person. Right. Like you never made me feel bad about the fact that I was struggling with how to communicate as efficiently as possible. Okay, but so we're gonna go there? <laughs> I I did ask permission for this. So you're opening up that can of worms? Well yeah, if you want to talk about it. Well no, I think it's only valuable because um man, I love vulnerability, uh, in the sense that you just said I allowed you to be that person that struggled through that. You allowed me to allow you by telling me something about yourself, right? So, uh, Gina, you you grew up with a learning, would you call it a learning disability? Well, I think now the correct term would be uh, uh, difference. A learning, a learning difference. difference? You know, I can't keep there's up. always, yeah, it's a lot of buzzwords. You know, my dad taught me, and I believe this to be true, that um, words are important. Yeah. And so um, I try to be, I you know, I try to be as PC as possible, but yes. So my entire life, I struggled um, with a learning disability that was really undiagnosed most of my life. And um, when I went to college, it was very apparent that um, I did not process information like most people um, and went through some things in college and ultimately decided at the time that I didn't want to be tested. Um, I didn't want to embrace a disability because I wanted to... um, I wanted to overcome it. I didn't want that to be the thing in my head of, I can't do this because of <clears throat> Which this. is common, right? I mean, mm-hmm. psychologically? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, most of this came to the forefront when my uh, son was diagnosed with um, uh, having dyslexia Okay. when he was in third grade. And through his uh, that process, it was very apparent that I also struggled with a lot of the things that he was struggling with. And um, yeah, I think that that was something, I don't know if I shared with that with you for quite a while. I don't think it was something we talked about initially. But it helped so much because I didn't understand the breakdown in our communications and why you needed me to be so specific about certain things at certain times. Yeah. And that, that completely changed the, the tone of our conversation. Your patience level, mostly. <laughs> <coughs> I suppose. 
<laughs> I, that's probably a very good way to put it. Um, but there's a lesson in there somewhere. I mean, for uh, sure. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I'm me, right? <clears throat> and I've got my own lim- limitations, and so that that helped a lot. Um, so you did get diagnosed eventually. I've not been officially diagnosed, but uh, my mm. son has, and he and I share 99 percent of the same struggles. So the way that's you know the reason this fascinates me is because I I'm a I'm a huge believer that struggle produces well perseverance but then as a result of that it produces character and uh and so people that have struggled through all sorts of things whether it's poverty or childhood struggles or whatever you see the results of that in time right so you've had to process information a certain way and so you've built up um i don't know what the right word is but like hacks ultimately Mm -hmm. 100 percent so how you how you document things, how you control information, how you is all a function of your how you've had to grow up inside the world, right? Yes. And finally, we're in a world that a, someone who has the learning difference, um, w- there are so many awesome hacks now that I didn't <coughs> we didn't have when I was in high school or college, right? Um, and that's what's been exciting for me as a parent with a child that has a learning disability or difference is that um, there's so many more opportunities for him. And even the acknowledgement of knowing it and his ability to embrace it and advocate for himself. I mean, it took me until I was in my 40s just recently to be able to advocate for myself, right? And to learn how to work with people and say, um, you know, could you say that in a different way? Or I need you to help me understand that, Um and, and those were things I never did before. And even before we got started, we were, you and I were talking about um, a new vocabulary word and um, how my entire life, if I didn't know something, I would just be like, uh-huh. And I, you know, would just then go home um, and ask my husband. And now with Google, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have Google. So when you didn't understand things, you just felt like you were dumb and not, you know, um, not intelligent and that people were never going to think that you could speak intelligently about something. So, yeah. Have you fully overcome those thoughts? Do those thoughts still manifest themselves? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. You don't think that they still do or you don't think that you've overcome them? <laughs> I definitely feel like I've overcome <laughs> them um, really because of my child. I mean, really because of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because trying to help him navigate that. And I mean, he's just, um, you know, it it happened in third grade. He's now a sophomore. And I'm seeing like so much gain and so many things that he's doing that it just brings me to tears to think that his life is the way that he's going into the world is very different than the way that I went into it. Meaning he's more comp- confident, confident. Mm-hmm. has <clears throat> skills, knows what he can do to, um, that, that being smart comes in different lots of packages, different yeah. packages, um, that there's a world of opportunity for him. Um, and I, I don't think I necessarily felt the same way. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're from the same generation, right? We grew up as latchkey kids at about the same time. Yep. <clears throat> and for all the things that are messed up and weird and broken and twisted in the world right now, you like I see progress on so many of those sorts of things like it is a sometimes I think my kids like I grew up in a school where if you got out of line you got beat me too and (laughs) whether it was by the teacher or by some kid older than you and it was just part of growing up 
And there's parts of today that I'm like, I, I wish my kids could have a little bit of that because I sure. feel like there should be some social responsibility for, you know, things. Some of the things, yeah. But on the other hand, I'm so glad my kids go to school and don't have to worry about the things I have to worry about mm -hmm. and that your kids got the opportunity to view this as a difference, not a disability. It's, yeah. it's such a beautiful thing. So, we're, I mean, there's a lot to be pessimistic about right now but really the the long-term trajectory of our society and our world it's there's lots to be hopeful about absolutely um <clears throat> deep verse i i like i've got a page of questions here <laughs> i literally haven't got to the second one <laughs> what else you got for me dylan <laughs> well i don't uh, I, I got a million things um but in the interest of time so like i guess um we've talked a little business we've talked a little uh as you look at forward at this year anything you're nervous about right now or particularly excited about uh, maybe market but also kind of where you're at in your phase of your career i looking into 2020 i um, 2022 <laughs> yeah i do it all the time it's yeah well it's the number it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think I don't think that's specific to any particular yeah. learning style. I yeah. I get those. But there's a lot of numbers there. That's <clears throat> also the thing. I think you know what real estate taught me was um, I'm not great with numbers. I'm not great with addresses. I'm not great with directions. I remember one of my like in my first year, um, I said something to like Brian. I was like, man, like um, I don't know a lot of the things that real estate agents should know, you know, when people call and they're at, say an address of even one of my listings, I have to say, oh, well, where is that located? Um, because I don't know some of those things. And previously I would have just like beat myself up about it. Mm. And I'm like, but you know, I'm really good at like working with people and I'm really good at negotiating and I really have a knack for um, connecting with people. And so that's, what's been great about overcoming something is that in the past, not knowing some of that stuff would have made me feel like I wasn't worthy of being of doing this job and now it just makes me think you know when someone says how do you not know the address to that and I'm always like it's insignificant I'm really good at negotiating and taking care of my people so that's what, what I'm going to focus is on. Is that just growing up like is that just age that starts probably. to? Yeah probably but yeah for the next year coming up I'm just like I said earlier I'm just excited about building my team I'm excited about um, maybe doing some coaching. Like I, I feel like there's a part of me being a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe just starting out with working on a book study and seeing how, you know, that progresses and everything I do in life is definitely very thought out and planned and I never jump into anything. So I'm looking forward to like maybe exploring what life looks like besides being a real estate agent, like where I could take my business and not necessarily have it be just about building um, X amount of buyers and sellers in a year, but what what's the impact that I'm making? Yeah. And how can I continue to grow as a person and and stretch myself? Um, so it sounds like Maslow's hierarchy. <clears throat> Does it? Uh, maybe I should explain. I know. Oh, okay. I, figured, I know. I figured. No, sometimes you give me that look, and then I'm like, okay, hold on. I'll tell you if I don't. Well, yeah. No, it's uh, there's a you got to sell houses because you got to feed your family. Yeah. You got to build a business because it's got to be uh, something that doesn't swallow you up and spit you out. But at some point, there's this beautiful, you know, I've changed my family tree. I feel like you're changing your family tree, right? And 
because I didn't come from much and <clears throat> but somewhere along the line that you know there's even more than that right like how, how do you tap out in a way that you've made a dent in the world because right. there's this deep desire for meaning and purpose um so yeah you you guys maybe it's a chapter of life too we've built a business that's mostly more stable now mm-hmm. and now it's about figuring how you can um because I was going to say feel fulfilled. It's partly about an inward desire to feel more joy and fulfillment, but it's also this, well, maybe they're not separate things. The way to feel fulfillment is about helping others. Like, yeah. And so there's this beautiful next chapter about finding ways to pass it on and help others. And mm-hmm. and we talked through that when we did the, um, oh, the life extender. Yes. And so that's another thing that we're looking forward to. You know, for the last couple of years, our family has been talking about starting a nonprofit. Um, And I really feel like now that I've got the right people in place on my team, Mm. that it's going to allow our family the opportunity to really execute upon that. Your family? Yes. So is there like a specific, like, space that you want to do this in or generally? Um, so the four of us, um, CM and Drew and Brian and I have had a passion about, um, getting, uh, children bicycles. And, Mm. um, we also have a passion for building things. And, um, I have two people in my family that love to, um, work on bikes. And so we've been, it's been in our head for a while of how do we bridge the gap for, because to me, having a bicycle as a child is the ultimate form of freedom. (laughs) It's like getting a car when you're 16. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so many children, um, don't have that opportunity. And then it's like, even how do we add like an education component, um, to not only giving a child a bike, but also helping them understand how to, you know, put air in the tire and deal with when the chain comes off and giving them the skills of being able to maintain that and doing classes and having Sam and Drew very intricately involved in that um, so that they can get into the community and help them teach, you know, the things that we've been able to teach our children. Thankfully, Brian um, has taught us a lot about that stuff. And so it's just biking is a passion of ours. And I knew um, that about Brian because he serves on the, what's it called? The Central um, Iowa Central Trail? Central Iowa uh, Trails Association. Yeah. So like, because I ride those trails and so he's actually part of the crew that goes out and helps make those trails happen. And and the boys, yep. They're they're involved now too. Yep. Um, I know because you sometimes ask me to contribute money towards that. <laughs> um, I tell you to get out there and and do and a do field day with your yeah. kids, like because you know you're the ultimate uh, like trail steward when you understand that the work that it takes to put that trail in place, oh, yeah. right? So very simple things like um, when we would go on trails and if it was wet, and Brian would have to say like, hey we're not going to be on that trail because of this. Well, when you've never worked the trail, you have no idea. And you're like, ah, it's not going to be that big of a deal. There's always or, one buzzer riding in the mud and there's sure. no idea they're ruining the whole trail for, for everybody. sure. Or even just <coughs> when we've been hiking, like leave no trace and like, um, so, but I knew that this was a passion for Brian. You're saying yeah. biking is a thing for you too, as much. Um, my passion is serving people that are not being served and taking okay. care of others and giving people a f- the freedom um, that I had as a child. But you're right about that moment, like a kid at a certain place in life getting that bike. Yeah. That's that's huge. well, and also just giving them the skills to being able to maintain it, yeah. right? And to have some pride and and even like the learning because there's such a gap today on 
just learning how to do things. You know, lots of kids don't know how to, um, you know, when their chain falls off, they don't know how to fix that. And it's a simple fix. And how much, you know, how much more joy do you have in something when you, when you have some um, skin in the game to it, I think. So yeah, we're excited to do that. I want to get it launched before they go to college. And so the time is ticking. And now that I've got my people in place, um, they're, they're really, I, there's no reason for it to not happen. Your people, meaning your real estate team. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. That's really, really fun. That's something I I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, like a fact about me is that I'm like a total klutz. And so biking is actually not that great for me. I fall a lot. And so I don't have a passion for biking (coughs) such as like, I mean, I used to do triathlons and, um, yeah, as I've gotten older, I don't enjoy bicycling as like a form of uh, recreation. Um, but I'll do it with the boys, you know, because I, I I don't want to miss out on those memories with them. But so yeah, that's super. I I look forward to uh, let's regroup when that uh, happens. Well, like, I put it out there, so well, now it's got to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> seeing as I've got you here, just real quick, market. Um, uh, how you're viewing the market right now. Uh, I think we're all kind of heads are spinning a little bit that it's, yeah. we are where we are again, impacts on you, your business, anything you're doing differently coming into this year? Uh, spending a lot of time talking to people about the market, uh, really going through my client list of people that bought um, three or two, three, you know, I mean, I have someone I met with that, bought a year ago and, um, you know, she's earned about 30,000 of equity. Um, so really having a lot of conversations and connecting with those people to try to drum up some inventory. Um, I'm, you know, not stressed about that. It is what it is. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's creating stress. I, I've talked to a lot of agents that have this long, long list of clients, but there's just nothing to do with them right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that's tough, and I, I worry about that. Um, but as you know, I'm a very big planner, and very security is super important to me. I'm, you know, a six on the Enneagram. So um, I, even when, like, COVID hit a couple of years ago, I was like, We're, we'll be okay. Like, if we don't sell houses, like, we'll be okay, you know. That's a conscious thing that you're doing to keep your heads level, or you truly are um – just stable in your thinking about that? Well, I make financial decisions that allow me to never have to worry about, um, I want to be in this job because I love it, not because I'm worried about a paycheck. So you live below your means, you've Mm -hmm. saved well, and so you can go go out a period of time if you need to without... Yes, it doesn't stress me. Yeah, I call that playing like you've got the money in your pocket, but I I would also say it's it's setting yourself up so that um, no one sale or no one client or no one year, frankly, owns you. That's the biggest thing I... That's the biggest... And it's my biggest fear is I don't want to be controlled or owned by the business. Yep. And I think going through um, 2008, having a husband that was in the mortgage industry and being a stay-at-home mom at that time and seeing our income, you know, when I decided to stay at home, um, in 2006 and our income was slashed in half. And then in 08 slashed again and 09 slashed again. Like we've, we've lived through very, um, interesting and difficult times where, you know, I'd have a hundred dollars <coughs> to pay for our groceries every week. And, um, so living through that, I think has given me perspective, Um, and has helped me make, I think, pretty solid decisions in this business. 
to make sure that we have security and because that's super important to me. Yeah, we just uh, we just launched uh, an internal financial curriculum for our staff here That's to awesome. try and help them get on a, a sound financial track for the future. Because nobody taught me that stuff. I, I don't know if anybody taught you that. No. I had to figure it all out as I went along. And <clears throat> there's a there's an epidemic right now. Well, there's more than one epidemic going on in this country right now. But one of them is about lack of financial acumen and mm-hmm. yeah, the, the desire for what we love about real estate, both the careers of our agents, but also our staff is that it, it's, I really do believe this can create an opportunity for people to break out of some of these cycles of bad thinking, but also mm-hmm. financial uh, hamster wheel chasing, right? Like yeah. that's what it feels like the world's at right now. Um, but yeah, I love that you guys have positioned yourself in that way because I think what it does is it allows you to focus on the business the way you you need you ought to, and you're not reactive to right. You're not chasing a sale; <clears throat> you're building it the way you want to build it. Yeah, and that didn't come easy though, right? Like, I mean, we, we had to work pretty hard. You know, I think there's a there's, your, our generation all lived through, like you said, oh seven, eight, nine. I feel like there's a a whole another chapter of agents now that that for the last seven, eight, 10 years, they did not live through that. Right. I do think that's a strategic, that's an advantage that we have. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, uh, I muse too much. <laughs> you think? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I think we should probably start wrapping up, but I, I am kind of curious. Uh, so at the existential level, I'm just thinking about society right now, some of what our world's been through the last two years. I'm thinking about your chapter of life with your kids, I'm thinking about purpose and meaning and deriving joy. So 50,000 feet, right? Okay. What's uh, any of that that's on your mind right now? Like where's your head as you think about where the world's at and what you're trying to focus on for yourself or your family? It's a big question. Yeah, so but I know you're always thinking about this stuff. <laughs> um, I I don't necessarily. Yeah, I'll just admit it. I don't really listen to a lot of the noise, so mm. I don't. Um, I don't listen to the news. Um, I kind of keep my head down and focus on what's happening um, in my family and with my kids and with my you know parents, my sisters. Um, I and you know my mom said when you know because that generation is very news orientated and very, you know, reading the paper and what's going on. And, um, she's like, you know, it's really a tragedy that you don't do that. And I just said, you know, for my space, for what's going on in my head, Mm -hmm. I, I'm only going to focus on what's happening here and now. And I know that I can pivot and, um, I can't spend a lot of time thinking about those things because I'm really just focused on, you know, what I need to do today and how I need to keep myself, um, find contentment within myself. And I know that when I look at that stuff and really start to get wrapped into it, it's, it's not a healthy place for me. Are you saying that <clears throat> a lot of the negativity that's floating around the world right now isn't sticking to you because you're not spending a lot of time consuming it? Correct. Yeah. Um, that's true of news. Is that true of social media as well for you? Yeah, I think, you know, if I wasn't in the industry, I would not be on social media. Um, But part of people 
getting to know me and knowing what I yeah. do and my business it makes me be on it. Did you watch The Social Dilemma? I did, yep. This came up in the Ames team meeting this week. Uh, Jared asked a really just good question. Like, how do, you, how do we balance this then? If we truly believe that there is toxicity floating through the world right now, but our business is in part reliant upon advertising and communicating yeah. through these channels, how do you responsibly decide how to run your business? That's a good question. So, well, for me, I don't know if you're asking me that, but, um, you know, most of the things that are in my feed are the things that I love. So it's like nature, like it's, you know, I want to plan a trip to go to Iceland. So it's like the Iceland travelers group. What, and you're, like, what you're posting, you're saying, <laughs> what you're putting out. Yeah. Like on my <laughs> personal feeds, like for Instagram and for Facebook, I, I hide a lot of things that aren't like not relevant to me or that create negativity. Okay. You're talking about what you're consuming. Yes. Okay. So you've, you've been deliberate about that. Yes. Just unfriending and unfollowing. Yeah. I said, I, for the most part, like I find, I get a lot of joy in like other people's happiness and seeing like what they're doing and their trips. And so for me, I've never had to like block that. I will block, you know, um, people who are negative. The big thing this year has been masks, no masks. And that's been very, was creating a lot of decisiveness within a lot of the people, my clients and friends and stuff. And so I had to like kind of remove myself from that yeah. and some of that stuff or you know, I try to just remove myself from it. And if people would read more, I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but reading, I think we, it's just so much easier to go on social media because it's there and easy and it sucks you in. Um, but I try to limit myself and then I, my goal is to read every night. So if you're reading, you really don't have a lot of time to consume a lot of that information, you know? on social media. You have to work at that or is it natural for you to want to read? I have to work at it. It's a goal. <laughs> like by, by like 9.45, I'm reading between 9.45 and 10. I don't know what will be on my tombstone, but... Um, he I, read a lot of books. Well, He no. was direct and read a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have worked really hard because of my own story to try and get people to read more. Yeah. That's why we hand out the books we do. It's why we try to get people to consume other content. I'm fully guilty, by the way. I go home and I can just zone out for an hour on TikTok because yeah. it is easy. It, it feels good, it right? Like you don't have to think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not interested in watching TV much anymore. I don't well, watch TV. Yeah. So this is like a replacement of that. But uh, man, how much I've had to eat humble, humble pie in my, like my early 20s and stuff. It wasn't until 30 that I realized Every answer to every question that I've ever had, someone's already written a book about. For sure. It's all out there. And you just got to be humble enough to be willing to realize and then disciplined enough to start changing your consumption habits. And so I wish people would, I agree with you 100%. Well, and I think the hack, talking about hacks and um, having dyslexia, is that all of the business books that I read are typically unaudible. Yeah. Um, and how and about that? That wasn't an option no, 20 years ago. No, not even. I used to, and just looking back when I was a kid, we used to go, I used to go to the library all the time because there was nothing else to do. And they used to have like a little like vi like tape recorder where you could like listen to books. And that's what I <laughs> love to do, right? But then as you grow older, that's not even an option. And then books on tape came, CDs on tape, but that's a pain, right? Like you got to have the CD in at the right time. And now with Audible, like, 
um, and we're real estate agents. So, you know, coming here, it's 30 minutes. Like I got a book done that was an eight hour book. (laughs) I got it done in, you know, two weeks from coming back and forth to Ankeny. Okay. Do you do like two times speed or? I do like one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. My brain doesn't. Well, it depends on the book. Tick too. that fast. Some of them are easier to listen to fast. Others. So yeah, my books at home that I read are actually fiction books that are enjoyable to read, and not that business books are not. But I just I'd rather do business books on Audible and do it while I'm in the car, and then have like my like exciting like fiction book to read when I'm at home. So uh, go to un- decouple and just have a little R and R and yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I probably need to stop making that TikTok because I don't think it's super healthy. But <laughs> <clears throat> I did make a decision a few weeks ago to jump back in, and I've I've read furiously for the last two or three months several books, and Good. one of them was Gap in the Gain, and so I'll, I'll put another plug in for that. But um, you know what? We didn't get to any of like your your story, your yeah. history, how you got in, because yeah. and maybe we'll have to save that for another time. Part but you, two. well, you do have an interesting story, right? Because you you just super quick. Farmers Insurance, is that what? State Farm. Farm. State Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of as a coordinator, administrator, office, whatever. Uh, like helped agents with their marketing and yeah. like business consulting and training other team members. So more backstage. And then somehow you like, we well, you got roped in to be Megan's assistant for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you were like, I, I want to do this. You jump in and then it just happens quicker than you thought. Yeah. And I guess the rest is history, but it is an interesting story to tell. And I think there's lots to learn there as well. Um, but yeah. And then uh, I wanted to get into Dubuque. Cause that's, I know. That's I where love Dubuque. Well, it's a, it's a strange fascination because Anna has this weird love relationship with the Galena for some reason. Yeah, the Galena. Well, and it's <laughs> something we, we joke about backstage. But yeah. look, th- that's the thing with you is I think that there's, um, there's just a, there's a lot to talk about. I know you have a deep mind and you're always processing this stuff i don't know if that's because of your past or just because that's where your head's at or the color of your hair probably i do know that you're running a really really good business um i saw your numbers were remarkable again for last year and i'm excited for where your team's at i know it's been a it's been an intentional strategic slow painful decision for you to start investing in others because your inclination might have been just to do it yourself right yeah so, no, I'm just uh, excited for where you're at, and I love your team and excited to see what this year is going to be about. But I am too. Um, any uh, words of encouragement for everyone? I'm curious, by the way, before I close out, are you doing the, you're doing the sales contest? Of course I'm doing the sales okay. contest. And uh, would you care to share any of your uh, personal or business activities that you're focusing on this week? Yes. What are they? Um, so for my business activities, I, was, I had to do my Instagram video. Um, I am connecting with, um, a top agent. Um, so you and I were talking, maybe I didn't share this with you, but the DMAR just had their, um, cocktail reception (laughs) yesterday for, um, the people who earned the DMAR award. And, um, I don't do well in large, I'm not a networker, so it's not, it's not my jam. And so I started, actually Nikki and I were talking about it and I'm like, I need to, I need to network and I, I find that to be important, but I need to do it on a scale that 
is comfortable for me. Smaller and, groups. Yeah. And, yeah. So um, once a month in the next 12 months or in the next year, um, I'm going to connect with an agent um, that was on that list um, of the DMAR top agents um, and take them to coffee and kind of pick their brain and awesome. talk about their business. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I had to do this week. Um, uh, for my personal stuff, yoga twice a week. So I work out uh, quite a bit. Um, but I want to put yoga into my practice. Did you just recently start going to Power Life with this free yeah, month? Yeah, yeah. I was really stoked about that. Thank. Are you, you going to stick with it? Thank you for um, <laughs> providing that for us. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I that's also on my vision board to to be more. I I feel more at peace when I'm doing yoga. So I need to look at yoga not necessarily as an exercise for me, but more of a way to ground me and hundred percent to um, yeah. For, like that's like rest for me, you know, it's not, and before I'd be like, no, it's like, it's exercise. So I've got my exercise, but I need to do my yoga. Well, the beauty week. is it is both, but, but the, yeah. what it produces in you is something very different than just exercise. It's been such a lifesaver for me the last two years. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, just listened to a Buffini podcast a couple months ago about how we've kind of gotten comfortable with COVID, you know, like comfortable with not connecting with people. And, um, I haven't done that. I haven't done a lot of the basics that got me to where I'm at today. So I'm kind of going back to the basics. Of, back, back with people, you mean? Yep. Yep. Well, coffees, like, lunches, yep, stuff? Yep. Um, connecting with people I haven't talked to in a while oh. and, um, just, you know, learning about their business and, um, what, what's been going on in their life. So that was on my list and, um, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. The whole team, I said, you know, my expectation is that we're, I think it's like max 15 points and even with the bonus and we're, we're doing it. The gratitude's <clears throat> awesome. Oh, I'm like super excited. Cause I know one of the weeks is about doing like a random act of kindness yes. and my brain has just been like spinning on all these like fun things that we can do. I like that you're thinking ahead. Cause some of that stuff takes some planning. Is yeah. it, is it just one or two or three acts? Of, is it like one a day? I don't remember. I think it was significant. Okay. I don't remember, but I've got big plans and I'm super excited about it. Super excited because I was like, let's do something like you guys had great examples. Thank you. But like, I'm like, we don't want to be basic by just like buying a coffee for someone behind us. Like, what is <laughs> like, what could we do that would really just like rock someone's rock world, someone's world? Yeah. like teachers or, um, you know, specifically, yeah, people who might be struggling, like, what can we do? Well, I'll close with that as a plug for the sales contest. It sounds <laughs> like we're going to plug for reading more books. Yes. Um, it sounds like a plug for yoga somewhere yeah. along there. <clears throat> Century 21, plug for Dylan, plug for Century 21. Well, no, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, no, lots of takeaways. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for everyone. To, uh, I hope everyone shares your enthusiasm for that. I, I really do believe uh, maybe this year more than any other year, I'm seeing seasonal sort of negativity in the air. Yeah. And I think the sooner we get out there, get in those basic activities, the old school stuff, get with people, but also be intentional about creating positivity in the world. Yeah. Um, there's something it. amazing that happens. So. Well, good luck. I look forward to hearing about your nonprofit here in the near near future. Yeah, this um, year. And uh, I, I'll throw out one more shout out to to Brian for constantly <laughs> keeping you grounded. He's uh, a lifesaver for many people. So. Yeah, he sure is. Okay, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. dot